a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Can you hear the rustles? I can. This is a very cute Very sound. unusual. <laughs> Do you remember those mm. early days? We were just talking before we got on. Well, before you hit the record button mm. about how ambitious you were when you first had a baby. Yes. And you yes. thought you could do all the things? You do, you think, I'll go to Nepal. I'll just put that baby on my back. And, you know, people have babies in Nepal all the time. How hard can it be? <laughs> Please tell me you didn't actually think nope. you were going to go to Nepal. No, but I did hear of someone recently who had that exact plan and it didn't... Oh, that was the plan. It was the plan. didn't actually come to fruition. I think... Not so surprising. I think that's actually really important to realise that... Mm. When you have a baby, mm. pretty much nothing goes to plan. No, <laughs> but that's life, right? And that's what we're here to talk about yes. today is that, you yes. know, life does things and we don't know what's going to happen and we have to adapt accordingly. Yes. So the lovely rustling that we can hear is a little baby <laughs> and our guest today has brought in her little baby with her, which is so lovely. Hi, um, my name is Grace Miano. Among other things, I'm a nutritionist and fertility and womb massage therapist. Right, and yes. mother to mother to Maya, who is has just hit seven months a couple of days ago. So that's how long we've been trying to get this episode happening. <laughs> that's right, <laughs> we've been trying for months, and and we will give um, Grace the uh, the benefit of the doubt here because you did have a baby in that time, and there yes. she is, and I'm so glad she's here today. I don't think we've ever had a baby actually in the studio. No, I don't think oh, so. Wow. We've talked a lot about them. We've, <laughs> um, I was going to say we've had probably some guests that could pass as babies. <laughs> <laughs> That's not very nice, is no. it, Pringudis? No. <laughs> so it is. We love all of our guests. I'm sorry. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but one of the reasons we really wanted to get Grace in was to talk about miscarriage because I had said to you a very long time ago, mm-hmm. we just don't talk about it enough. There's not enough no, awareness. There's not enough support. There's not enough answers. And I think it's a time where women feel particularly lost and lonely. Mm. And again, because we don't talk about it. Mm. It's this elephant in the room. It seems like a strange segue that we've started talking about babies and then we're going to talk know, about right? miscarriage. But, well, Grace, can you tell us why they, those two things come together with you being our guest? Yeah, absolutely. So Maya um, is my fourth pregnancy, or was my fourth pregnancy. Oh, goodness, I'm going to get emotional. Oh, that's quite all right. That's I, I talk about this all the time, so it's um, unusual. But... Um, yeah, so for me, that's quite significant because I had three miscarriages before Maya came along. And, um, and of course, you know, like for anything, before that happened to me, I had no idea. Um, I knew a very, very few people who had experienced that and probably only because they're among the very few who even speak up about it. Mm. Um, I remember that after my first miscarriage and I was quite open about it, all these people came out of the woodwork and said, oh, yes, I've had one miscarriage, two miscarriages uh, more. Uh, And some of those people were people that I had known for quite a while. So they'd really kept that to themselves. And it's very, um, and there's many reasons for that in our in our society and in our culture, but there's a, a whole lot of shame that goes along with it. And so keeping it to yourself, you sort of push that down and, and then that's isolating again. Mm. Mm. 
Uh, and then you're going through your life possibly being triggered constantly by all your friends' pregnancies and birth announcements and things like that. And, and people have no idea that, right. that you've had this experience. And what's interesting is that, you know, I know that not everybody is necessarily open with what's going on for them, and rightly so. That's perfectly acceptable. Um, but I think that even in circumstances where you would ordinarily talk about other things with your closest friends, it's still a topic that's not necessarily spoken about with your closest friends. And I always say to patients, you know, the people that when you when you realise that you're pregnant, it's actually okay to tell a couple of people that are close to you. It's actually okay to be mm. excited. You know, yes, it's a scary time, especially if you have a history of miscarriage, but they're the people that are going to help get you yes. through. And to think that we need to do this alone is, is a, it's a little bit upsetting because we never in history have we done things like that alone. We've mm. always had, uh, you know, a tribe of women or a group of women around us to do that, whereas in Western culture all of a sudden that became almost unacceptable, would yeah. you think? Yeah, Absolutely. And that whole 12-week rule about oh, don't say anything just in case, in quotes, um, really, as you're saying, Natalie, it's you're doing yourself um, a disservice because you need that support should something go wrong from those people that you trust to hold that information and, and be there for you. for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it is really, it's just still a taboo topic. It's not yeah. something that is, is wide, widely spoke about. And till you, you, as you found, you start to say that and all these people start saying me too. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So after that first miscarriage, mm -hmm. is that when you started to sort of realise there was a, a opportunity to, you know, broaden this out for a conversation, you know, not just your friends, but that people actually needed support? Yes, absolutely. I, um, I'm the type of person who, if I'm going through something, and obviously something like a miscarriage is really devastating and heartbreaking. So I, I personally am the type of person who needs to seek out resources, um, other people who've experienced it, mm. um, again, probably to remove that isolation and, um, and, you know, just to feel better. And so that's, that's what I did. I started to reach out. I looked for groups. I looked for organizations. Um, it really hit home to me what my own clients um, that I'd worked with who had gone through miscarriages um, and pregnancy loss in various forms, what they were really experiencing. I mean, you can never really, really know unless it happens to you, mm. as for many things in it's life. like everything, isn't it? <laughs> you can be empathetic, but until you've actually experienced something, you, you can't no idea. genuinely know what it's like. Did you then become someone that other women could come to to talk through their experience with it? Is that what your aim was? Yes, I wanted to share about it for yeah for many reasons um one is exactly that that I wanted clients coming in to know that I had gone through that too and that's for me is really significant to know mm. that about your practitioner and and to know that I would understand um I did a couple of things I wrote a blog post that explained what had happened and also what I got out of it yeah um and what did you get out of it? <laughs> well, I mean, let me just preface this by saying one of the worst things you can say to someone who's had a pregnancy loss <laughs> is to say, at least uh, it was yeah. early or it happened for a reason mm. or, you know, 
all those sort of platitudes, uh, even though we're very, very well-meaning, I've probably said that something like that in the past to yeah, someone for I'm sure. sure I've said that. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, before I knew. And why is that so bad to say those things? Because what, what that's doing is disregarding their pain. Yeah. So all you need to do, and, and this is also another part of it for me that I like to share with everyone, is how do you support someone who's gone through this? Mm. And it, it's actually really simple. You just let them be in their pain. Don't try to pick out the silver lining. You know, what's the silver lining? Uh, what did you learn out of this? <laughs> we will come to that in our own time. And uh, and I came to those conclusions myself. So it wasn't helpful um, for people to say, and I have dear friends who said these things to me and I don't hold it against them now. But p- things like, at least you know you can get pregnant. Mm-hmm. You can try again. Uh, just try another time. Those sorts of things Really, what that's doing is saying this pregnancy was not significant. It wasn't real. Don't worry about it. Forget about it. Mm. Do Try again. Isn't it interesting? Because I'm sure that wasn't the intention of no the way. person saying those mm. things. So it's a really interesting example of how sometimes you can say something to someone with good intentions and yet it's not received that way. Yes. So it's it, that's a really good explanation of it, I think. Yeah. So what do you think you would have liked people to say to you to support you? Just, yeah, that was crap and I'm here for you? Yep, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the best thing you can say is that absolutely sucks yep. and it's so unfair. Mm. I really think that's all you need to be saying because it's the truth of the matter. You can't, no one can and fix you it. And you can't say, oh, I understand. Well, no, you're not me, so mm. you don't know. And so, and I feel like that's discounting yes. someone's feelings as well. So I think actually just going, I'm really sorry, that actually really sucks. Mm. Yeah, that's a bit SHIT. And just holding space yep. for them and letting them be in their pain. Let them be in their pain. And that's really, I think, the most helpful thing that anyone can do. And of course, there's those lovely things like, you know, bring them a meal if you can or something, oh, something like that. I think that's the best <laughs> thing. Look after their other kids if they have them. Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about um, this idea of taboos. Like, do you think it's changing when it comes to talking about loss of a child? I do, actually. Just really very recently, it seems, and perhaps it's because I'm much more immersed in that world, but it does seem to me that there is a lot more discussion about it. And I think because the more and more people who open up about it, and we've got all these social media channels Mm. where you can do whatever form of media that you want to do to share, that... Sharing your story allows other people to come forward. Mm. And the, I mean, even just being invited to this interview, obviously that came up somewhere and it's something that people might like to hear about. And especially if you've experienced it yourself, you want to know that you're not alone. It's very comforting. And so, yes, I do find that there's a lot more discussion now. And there are new organizations and older organizations out there supporting people in this going through this and uh, it's, yeah, it's a lot more talked about, I think. I mean, it's still not as as open and supportive as it should be, I think, totally, mm. but we might get there. It's a really great thing that we are talking about it because I think giving people some equipment to have the discussions and to, to make the the people who've experienced this feel less isolated and alone. But I think we live in this world where everybody wants answers, you know. So so what how do you work with people who come to you and they might have had a miscarriage? And even you and yourself with the three that you experienced, mm-hmm. did you look for answers as to why it went wrong? 
And and did you find anything? That's a that's a big one actually. Mm. Why? 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 What happened? Mm. Uh, why did this happen to me? And it's you, I mean, I don't know of anyone who's experienced pregnancy loss who was expecting it unless they'd already mm. had that experience before. So it's always a big shock as well. And a lot of the time we don't know. Uh, there is testing that you can do. And I know, Nat, you're probably familiar with a lot of this stuff, but there's a lot of testing you can do to figure out what's what's possibly going wrong with you um, or your partner, mm. um, which is often missed. Isn't that funny um, that that's still mm, something that isn't oh, immediately flagged? Right. You know, it's and not women blame 50-50. themselves. 50, yeah. I think, yeah. look, the way that it is currently is that you need to have experienced three miscarriages before you, you could, there'll be any sort of medical approach mm. towards looking yes. at to what's going on. Really? So, I mean, three is a lot. And it I is. would be saying by the time you have your second, you, you're getting pretty nervous as to something not being quite right. Yeah. Um, and I will always say to patients, I think that's a really good time. I would say even after a miscarriage is a really good time to look at what the variables might be. What yes. boxes can I tick outside of, um, you know, medical support that you have to do anyway, regardless of whether you're going down an assisted conception road or not. You still, I think, at that point would start to look at, oh, what else can I do? Do, you know, do we drink and smoke? Are um, we um, living a highly stressful life? And you will still get, to this day, IVF doctors that will tell you that stress does not matter mm. when it comes to your hormones and your fertility, which is absolutely untrue. So it's very hard to find that um, voice of reason and to know what to actually do. This is where I think that that, that's okay, that phase in our life... Um, we have the opportunity to put our best foot forward and we should use that time to get as healthy and as fertile as possible. And then if it continues, by the time then if you were to end up at your third miscarriage, then you're like, right, we really yes. need to look into this because we've ticked I, a lot of boxes already. Yeah, For me personally, because, you know, I'm a practitioner in health, I after the second one, I went out and had everything checked mm. out. I thought, what the heck's going on here? I'm not waiting for another one. Um, I saw my own naturopath. Um, I went and saw a fertility specialist who ordered all my tests. I had... Many, many vials of blood taken and nothing came up. And so was there a known challenge or was it just unexplained? Well, for me, nothing came up in all those blood tests. So there was nothing genetic. There was nothing, uh, you know, there were no disorders. I didn't have a thyroid issue. Nothing significant was coming up. Um, It wasn't until um, I actually went and had um, investigative surgery through a laparoscope that for me, my personal things that came up, we found I had endometriosis. Oh, wow. And you didn't um, know until then. No, I yeah. was I was pretty much asymptomatic. Mm. I mean, luckily for me, I had very regular cycles. I don't, you know, nothing, nothing mm. um, amiss. So that was very surprising. Um, and, um, and there were a few male factors as well once we started looking into that. Mm. So... Which, which is fairly com- it's not common to be asymptomatic but it happens yes but your your um, you know your experience around this and what showed up is common for lots of people who are in the same yep. position so yep. again talking about that you know knowing this and knowing this after the first miscarriage um, I think is being you know, proactive. I don't think you have to go straight into a laparoscopy after the first miscarriage, but no. you can start to explore what else might be at play. And that was my point with that. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. I think it's wonderful too that we've got, you know, that it's this funny, strange thing where we're talking about miscarriage and, and you know, what, what it's like to experience and, and all of the thing around it. And we've got a baby in the room. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually lovely yeah. because 
you're a story that you've experienced both kind of sides of the equation and that's so nice. Yeah, definitely. And it's when you're in it. um, Yeah, when you're in the midst of it and you're having a loss or two or three or I've known women who've had 25 losses. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, to know, you know, you, you can't see ahead that there's an outcome. You have hope, you know, you might keep trying. Most people do if that's their intention. Um, but you can't see that it's really, really going to happen. Mm. I still think seven months later, I'll look at her and go, are you really here? <laughs> are you really for real? We have you. And so I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. But, um, Yeah, it's a nice, and I like that to be a nice message of hope, you know, show this little rainbow baby. You know, it took four pregnancies, but we have her. Mm. Yeah. We do need to take a quick break, but we will be back after this. In the Wellness Collective today, we're talking to Grace Miano from Goodness Gracious Health, and we're talking about miscarriage and supporting people and our friends and our family and our loved ones through this situation and and to try and normalise it a little bit. Just going back to the kind of the nuts and bolts of it, what's the definition of a miscarriage? Is it if you've missed a period and two weeks later you get a period. Does that count as a miscarriage or does it have Only to be a certain? Pregnant. Well, you're pregnant, yes. but you don't oh, know. Right. So, so yes. you, your yes. period's like two weeks after it should be. Does, is that a miscarriage as much as, you know, you're five months along? Is there a difference? Well, those ones wouldn't be reported because you don't know. Mm. I mean, the current statistics are, you know, they say one in four yeah. um, pregnancies end in miscarriage. But if you were pregnant and you didn't know about it, then that's not going to be reported. Um, you know, those chemical pregnancies, they're called the very, very early ones where you get a positive pregnancy test and then that slowly disappears over, a, yeah. well, not slowly, quickly disappears. Yeah. Um, so I think it's actually underreported. Um, yeah, and I think most people, unless you're going to seek help, you know, lots of people, mm. who, especially mm. if it's a recurrent miscarriage, definitely just know the drill. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, we've been here before. So that would go unreported. But it, to define a miscarriage is mm. getting a positive pregnancy um, test yeah. and then losing that. So mm. whether that's at two weeks, five weeks, eight weeks or further along when it becomes a lot more... Um, I don't think that there's ever an easy time to lose a baby, oh, but gosh, I think no. carrying a baby and having evidence of that would be very difficult. And the feeling of of being pregnant. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I have heard that before, That especially for people going through IVF. If you've had that the implant and then you felt pregnant for a couple of weeks mm. and then all of a sudden you don't feel pregnant mm. anymore. And so that's, it's not even... That's a like, whole other kind of loss. Maya was actually an IVF baby. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, our first and only shot. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> so did you make that decision after the three miscarriages to try IVF as a, as a different well, route? Yeah, we originally thought, well, we're older. Mm-hmm. Um, not that the, I think that's Can I just uh, say, a be-all, end-all at all. You don't look it. Oh, <laughs> I'm 44. <laughs> oh, well done. Very good. Thank you. Um, so the first three pregnancies were natural conceptions, but because we kept miscarrying, we thought, why don't we do IVF with PGS testing? So they, they screen the embryos mm-hmm. to make sure that they are genetically um, normal, in mm-hmm. quotes, yep. and greater chance of, of not losing them, although it doesn't take that away Ew. completely. Um, and also, it was um, we didn't have the luxury of just waiting months and months and months and yeah. months to try and conceive again. Um, so, 
Hilariously, though, in the end, we didn't do that testing. <laughs> we were too anxious to because it takes another number of weeks and we just didn't want to keep waiting. And we thought, let's just take a chance at at doing this without the testing. And um, I've written up the whole story about this, but I still think it's such a miracle. We came in the end after all sorts of, you know, egg collection, and all of that, we came down to just one meh embryo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. she, she turned out to be pretty good, not so mm-hmm. meh. Yes. And so, yes, she's been resilient right from the start. It mm-hmm. was a very, very strong pregnancy immediately. Um, and I just think that's unbelievable because then you enter into that world again, uh, fertility treatment. Some people are going through that for many, many mm. years and, you know, and it's not working over and over and over again. And that's, you know, another heartbreaking loss. Or you finally get pregnant. I mean, just just the other day I was speaking to someone who, after eight years of trying, finally achieved um you know, their greatest hope of becoming pregnant mm. and then miscarried. Oh. Mm. So I think too the big thing a- that you can take from it is that you can't control any of it. And no. I think people look to IVF because they, they want that to be the way they control the situation. Yes. And it's really difficult. And your example of that is a wonderful kind of <laughs> anecdote, really, because like you said, you were going to go and do all the testing and all the things and then all of a sudden it was like, no, just... Mm. Throw your Let's hat in the try. ring and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to ask, you know, in those early miscarriages that you, oh, I'm assuming that they were early on. They were two, the first two were eight weeks. Yes, so quite early. And the, <laughs> Hi, Maya. She's so cute. Yeah. I just love her. Um, and the third one, um, I got to 12 weeks, although later found out the baby had gone at nine. So, yes, they were quite Right. So, early. you know, there's not a lot that's on offer at that point in time. Your doctor will often say, well, it's just the luck Mm. of the drawer, Um, kind of. It's not that they're dismissing it, but what else are they supposed to do? They're certainly not there to be the counsellor or the support person. They're there for their medical expertise. But we kind of look to them for that. We want something from them. We want an answer. We want the support. We want to know what happened. Yeah, and compassion. And I think, you know, obviously that might be something. Not everybody needs that, but I think that's the feedback that I get from a lot of patients is, there was no there was no real support. There was no one that gave me answers. It was literally, mm. you go to the hospital, I'm, this is if you're bleeding and not everybody bleeds either. Yes. So you go to the hospital, I'm bleeding. Okay, well, you know, obviously you need a DNC or whatever pr- the process is for you. Um, and then you just kind of go home. You've come, you've come in pregnant and you leave not pregnant. And I don't know what it is else that could be offered, but I'm really curious to always ask women, what did they need that they didn't get? Mm-hmm. I had some really interesting experiences. Um, the first time, of course, never experiencing anything like that before, I went to a GP. You know, I was bleeding, so I went to a GP. He said, go to emergency at the hospital. Um, and they sort of just, you know, pushed me through as, okay, yep, this is a miscarriage. Blah, blah, blah. I've often mentioned the triage nurse um, when I said I, I might be miscarrying, she kind of said, oh, try again. You know, oh, it was no. one of those sorts of things. And I yeah. thought, we don't even know if this is a miscarriage for mm-hmm. sure. And that's really not what I want to hear right now. Mm-hmm. My moment of dem- devastation. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's a lack of support there. And then even just through to, okay, do you need a doctor's note to take time off work? Mm. Um about a day or two and that's it and you're left to your own devices and unless you're seeing other types of practitioners who are um, 
a little bit more in tune with all of that and and can provide some more support. Um, I think this is where natural health practitioners who work in this area do a really great job. Uh, I know myself, I had um, a couple of acupuncturists supporting me at the time who were fantastic. Uh, the second time I didn't even go to the, the hospital, I went and saw my acupuncturist and um, he helped me and then I had three natural miscarriages at home, so I was fortunate not to have to then further go in and have surgery or mm. take medications or anything else like that. But yes, the support is definitely lacking at the moment. Mm. And, and I don't know what else it can be. It's not also, you know, especially if you are miscarrying in the middle of the night or, you know, oh, what do yeah. you do? You turn to Google and, mm. or, oh, you know. <laughs> that's exactly what people do. Right. Yes. Um, I, for me, one of the best things that was, I mean, besides some of the practitioners that I was seeing who were just wonderfully supportive and just let me have tears and stick needles in me and do the things in a good way mm-hmm. <laughs> that I needed. Um, I, when I had that third loss, I, um, the doctor that did my ultrasound, he just said, I'm really, really very sorry a couple of times. And he just sat there and let me burst into tears <laughs> mm. and it was and that's all that's all that you need mm. Mm. I think it's that acknowledgement and and as yeah. we talk about this I'm thinking about it's very similar to mental health problems in a lot of ways it's that thing where you can't see what's going on and it's very real for the person who's experiencing it but for the people around them it's it's not it doesn't have a physical manifestation all the time sometimes it does but mm. not all the time and there's no outcome so that it's not like you've broken your leg and people can see and they're like oh I'm sympathetic because I can see the pain that you're in and all that yes. so it's 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 kind of got that same element where you have to suffer in silence a little bit because yeah. other people just can't see what's happening especially if you weren't showing mm. you know I did have a little bump with that third one yeah um but you know that could have been I knew it was there. <laughs> Could have just Could have been, been a gluten. Baby. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a gluten baby. Because you went through this three times, and you are a nutritionist. Yeah. How did you support your body, and what do you suggest for other women who have gone through it? Because I mean, I guess going back to all the things that we've learnt through this is that if you go back to basics, that's the best place to start. Is that what you did? Yeah. Um, well, my my take on this is. You've been through a pregnancy and no matter how short or how long it was, once that is over, you are now postnatal to me. Yeah, right. So I feel, especially if you've had blood, you know, you're going to have some often blood loss and and those sorts of things. And if you were further along, um, like a little mini labor and birth, Mm. which I did have with my third one. Yeah, right. Um, And so I, my view is that women need the same sort of supports at that time as they would after they've given birth to a baby that they keep they that they are able to have and mm. keep yeah um so things like really good nutrition um whole foods really warming um foods whatever supports that can be you know put in with people around you I you know I tell women say yes if someone says to you can I bring you a smoothie or something like that don't say oh no 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 that's say yes you know what if anybody says they're going to bring you anything say yes yes like you know people actually if they offer to help you say Mm. yes Mm. yeah you'd be amazed you know it's amazing how many yes Mm. and women especially you know Mm. we feel like uh, we've been conditioned, I think, to I think support so. everybody else. 
Mm. Uh, that's like, oh, no, no, don't trouble yourself to make me a meal or to come over here and walk my dog. And, and the other thing, too, is if you feel that you need to cry for two weeks mm. or months or however long or mm. just be at home, say no to going to parties, say you can't go to that baby shower— um, then do that for yourself. Don't you know? People will understand, and if they don't, mm. my my thinking on that is too bad. Um, they're not your people. No, they're not your people. <laughs> and so you need to take care of yourself and your your mental and physical health. Yeah, and I think acknowledging that it's grief as well. Definitely. Yeah. This is grief, and then the. I mean, we won't have time to talk about this today, but there's the whole other aspect of the partner. Mm. who is looked to to be the strong if it's a male partner usually uh the uh take care of her i I remember Mm. one of our friends saying to my partner lee take care of her um and i thought well what about what What about about him him? yeah that was his baby too that was his loss too it was really upsetting for him as well um so that's often yeah, very much forgotten. Yeah, mm. I think we need to uh, let you and little Maya go because she's <laughs> done a very wonderful yeah, job has. on the podcast Absolutely. today to uh, represent mm-hmm. the the, <laughs> the babies. Mm-hmm. Um, where do people go to find more information from you, Grace? Um, so my um, website is goodnessgracioushealth.com dot com, mm-hmm. and. Um, there's some information there. I'm more active on Instagram, probably the most, and Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I do have an upcoming, for people who are pregnant after a loss, that is a whole other anxiety. Um, I do have an upcoming, um, I do an online program for pregnancy after loss, um, which includes support and nutrition and that. But there are also organizations that provide counseling support. The Pink Elephant Network is a really great one that's come about in more recent times. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you can Google and find them online, as well as SANDS, S-A-N-D-S. And they offer, um, they both offer um, counseling and, and other sorts of resources as well. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks very much for having me. Wow. Do you know what? I'm so thankful that Grace, after all these months that we've been hounding her while she's having her, Finally her got a, baby. Yes, yes. Um, I'm so glad that she found the time to come to talk to us because I sometimes look at you and I and I feel like we're very lucky in the worlds that we live in and the lives that we have. And through this podcast, we get to bring other people in to discuss their situations and their expertise and that makes us kind of more informed and also you as the listener. But this one particularly, like neither you or I have experienced miscarriage firsthand mm-hmm. and, and I just before we started recording off air, I was saying to you, if we'd just talked about that, oh. it just wouldn't no. be right. We wouldn't have done it justice. Well, we don't, we haven't experienced it. We're, like Grace said, you know, if you've been through it, you understand, like mm. anything. And I think mm. this particular subject. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Uh, what have we got coming up, Cecilia? Well, we do have a busy schedule and the schedule. wellness uh, collective. We've got one coming up about sleep podcast on the way. Mm-hmm. We're going to just, you know, have a real chat about sleep and how we haven't actually covered it off, even though it's a very big part of our lives. Mm-hmm. And you know some stuff. I like t- tapping into what's in Sometimes. that brain of yours. Also, we're going to bring you a podcast very soon about self-knowledge and it's going to resonate, I reckon, because it'll get you thinking about what you know about yourself and how you see yourself in the greater world. Mm-hmm. And that can only be a good thing. Absolutely. So you have to wait for those because 
while they're after Christmas. Mm. A big thank you to you for your support and for being part of this collective. I mean, what's a collective if you don't have members? That's what I say. <laughs> it is not a collective. It's just you and me. It's just you. Just, just a perfect just pair. Out. <laughs> the perfect pair. <laughs> well, yes, and don't forget to rate us on iTunes and tell us what you love and yes. communicate with us on Instagram. Please do that. We now have a name that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The, the Wellness, Wellness Collective, Collective Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> How about that? Hey, <laughs> until you. next time, we hope this episode has left you feeling happier, healthier and better. 